We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joe Billick, would Tyler Buckner have more success in Notre Dame's offense this year if no Sam Hartman or more success in Bama with Tommy Reese? I, I think the Notre Dame offense is geared more towards what Tyler Buckner does. I, I just I've said this before. I don't really need to go into it again. I I don't I'm first of all, I gotta see what Tommy Reese does with him this weekend against South Florida. We'll find out because for those that don't know, I, all the scuttlebutt is Tyler Buckner is gonna start this weekend for Bama. I'd need to see what he does first. But I still think that this offense is geared more towards what Tyler can do than that one. I just, I just do. But I hope he does well. I do. I like Tyler. I have no issue with Tyler. I know oh, he left and all. I get all that. But I'm, I'm good with it. I, I, I think he made the wrong decision. I still, still think he's a good kid. Still like him as a kid and all that type of stuff. Joe Allen asks. I was, I asked S and B last night. Uh, ESPN has Sam fifth in the QBR. Does he stay there the rest of the season or get better? I mean, I'm perfectly happy if he stays there. Being number five in QBR is pretty good. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good statistic. I'm looking at it right now. He's number two in quarterback rating the way that college football does it. And he's number two by quite a bit. He's at 222.5. Caleb Williams is the only guy higher than him. And the next guy is at 206. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't really look at uh, – I, I would imagine that's an ESPN stat QBR. Uh, I look at the quarterback rating the way college does it. And he right now he's number two. If he's a top five quarterback up at the end of the year, Joe, I mean, Notre Dame's pretty good. Uh, does he stay there? I hope so. Uh, again, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like diminish what Notre Dame has done. I think you all know how excited I am. It's just one of those things where like we're only three games in and, and yes, he's done well so far, but, I need to, I just need to see it next week. I'm just trying to be a little bit more focused on what's right in front of us and not getting too far ahead of like six or seven, those type of things. And uh, that's, that's going to be a big part of, of the success now. I, and it also part of it's going to be other parts of the team need to start playing better. The interior offensive line, you start playing better. The receivers need to play better. If he's going to stay there, it just can't all be him. That's going to be a big part of it as well. 
Got another one from uh, Mark Avalon. Mark says, thoughts on Mel Kuyper draft ranking with Olu Fashanu above Joe Walt. I have no problem with it. I would have Joe Walt ahead of Olu. Uh, but I also know that Olu is a very talented player. Uh, he is. He has got a – I think there's a lot of people that believe he is a more athletic, explosively athletic player than Joe Walt. I think that's fair to a degree. I think Joe Walt's athleticism is very underrated. I think Joe Walt's a much better athlete than some draft analysts give him credit for. But I think that's an, an upside projection, and I'm okay with it. Anyone that has him lower than two is where I have a problem. That's kind of where I get into a little bit more of an issue is having him lower than that. Uh, just as far – and I don't even know that I would say it's it's a draft ranking because I'm not a draft guy, but I just have a hard time from what I've seen who ends up being good and – and what the NFL looks for, I'd have a hard time with uh, anything kind of, yeah, uh, I, anything beyond him being lower than two. Uh, I think we're at the point now with Joe Walt, guys, honestly, is some people are overthinking it. They're over, they're just, it's like they're just looking for things now and just grabbing on things just because they want to. We see this all the time and guys are more proven commodities you you get to the point where they just kind of start just nitpicking. And I think we're going through a little bit of that with Joe Walt. So I, you know, that's kind of where that's uh that's kind of where I'm at. I just I don't know. I don't I I I I'll tell you this right now. I'll just say this, Mark. There's nobody else I'd rather have at left tackle right now in college football than Joe Walt. Nobody. Nobody. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. 
Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. MT41, Brian, you said that the best Notre Dame teams in the past were groups of guys that love playing ball with each other. Do you see that in this team so far? Absolutely. I mean, and honestly, MT, this is something we talked about in fall camp. This is something that we saw in camp from this team. This team loves going at each other. They love going at each other. And and that's kind of, I mean, that's sometimes you may look like, well, this offensive defense really battle, but they, they just, it, it's teams that really <clears throat> respect each other. They know they're pushing each other to that. And and when you're doing it every single day, you're going to have some of that. But you can just tell this team loves playing together. Just the way that they react when the other side of the ball does something good or the other side of the ball does something bad. You just see it. This team really seems to play well together. Now, that's what they've done so far. They haven't faced any adversity. Now we need to see if there's some adversity that hits how they play. But I'm, I'd be surprised if we see anything different. I think this team really likes playing together. Let's get to a few more questions here. I'm not sure I'm going to make it through all the questions. I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit, but I'm going to uh, power through as, as much as I can uh, with uh, with some of these. I'm going to get rid of some of the, the bear deuce questions because we've we've already talked about that a lot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me get down to a few here. Uh, Pete Weber says, what's your prediction for Tyler Buckner's first start at Bama tomorrow? Assuming it happens, I hope he does well. He deserves it. Well, I don't know if he deserves it. If he starts, it's he's earned it. Uh, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think he deserves to start. I think he's earned that right to start. Um, ha, what's your prediction? I don't really have one. I hope he does well. I can tell you what I'm rooting for. I hope Tyler does well. I do. I, I like Tyler. I, 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 I like coach Reese. I don't have this disdain for them that some people have. I, I understand that and that's okay. Everybody's tired of their own opinion, but I like Tyler. Uh, he's been through a lot. I'd like to see him find some success. And look, I think him going to Notre Dame or going to Alabama and having success uh, helps Notre Dame. I mean, it does. I've, I've always felt this. If a guy goes somewhere else and has success, I think that helps you because you can say, look, you go to Notre Dame, you, you, you're there a couple of years. If things don't work out, people still want you and you go somewhere else to be successful. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a needle mover for a bunch of top 50 kids, but I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts at all. And then you say, look, man, Alabama had to come take our backup quarterback to, you know, have success, right? They're winning now, but it's with our backup quarterback. I mean, that. There's a lot of ways you can spend that, man. There's a lot of ways you can spend that. That would work really well for you. So that would be, um, yeah, but just overall, I have no issue with the kid. Got a super stick from Tim Opal. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate that very, very much. We were actually just talking about a team that you and I are both a part of, Tim. My dad and I uh, were going over. He was going over the D3 score. I, I didn't know this. My dad still checks D3 scores all the time. I didn't realize that. But we're talking about Muhlenberg was playing Salisbury this past weekend. And obviously Muhlenberg's is where I coached and Salisbury is where I played and I coached against them. But uh, Muhlenberg got that W, but we were talking about Coach Donnelly a little bit and that 2002 team. It's one of my favorite teams ever. And yeah, you obviously were a part of that. You were a starter on that team. Okay, let's get to some more questions here. Uh, let's go down to I'm trying to find some questions here. 
36 to life, 365 to life, excuse me. Will I be, be at the Clemson game? Yes, I will be in the press box and my wife will be shooting the game on the field. So yes, we will be, we will be at that game. We'll be at that game. Let's get to uh, this question. Uh, Dylan Riggins, do you think we will see an empty backfield look with Tyree motioning into the backfield for a run play this season? I don't know. I would do it. I, I mean, I, I would do it. I, but if they go through the year and they don't do it, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's just so stupid that you did, didn't did do that. I, I would do it, though. Sure. Yeah, I would do it. You know, nice wrinkle, especially if you do something like with like Jadarian Price or Jeremiah Love in the game because you could still have some throwing options out to the perimeter. Yeah, I would do something like that. I I mean, but here's here's the thing, though, Dylan. Here's why I'm a little less – I'm a little bit more apathetic about it. Because the reason to do that in the past, like last year, for example, I, I didn't understand why they didn't do more two-back stuff. Why? Why was I so adamant about it this year, but don't care about getting Chris Tyree in the backfield this year? Because last year when they did it, they had two big physical backs that weren't really home run hitters in the traditional sense with Chris Tyree, who had a completely different skill set than what those other two backs had. Well, this year with Jadarian Price and, and Jeremiah Love, you already have a couple home run hitters. You don't need to do something with Chris Tyree to get that home run nature into the backfield. I mean, you've got guys that can do that. So there's not that need. Keep developing Chris Tyree as a running back. And I don't know that motioning Tyree into the backfield out of empty would give you anything than what you would get if you had a running back motion back there. Now, here's the interesting wrinkle to it, uh, to Dylan. And maybe this is where you're coming from. So Notre Dame lined up in some personnel groups on this weekend, and we talked about it in the Upon Further Review, where they didn't have a running back on the field. They had uh, four receivers and a tight end, and they went empty out of that. Now, if this is what you're talking about, Dylan, and in that look, could you see Chris Tyree motion in the backfield? Now, that could get interesting. Uh, is Because what you could do is, is you could kind of be trips, and you could have like the tight end maybe like in a wing alignment maybe or you know somewhere where he can kind of move around and then you motion Chris Terry in the backfield and all of a sudden you're in 11 personnel just like that so maybe if you're if you're playing a team and they start to you know overreact they go dime when you put when you go with your 001 personnel with no running back then it could give you some wrinkles but it would be dependent upon a team how a team defends that personnel grouping but that now that could be interesting. You just it would just it would have to be something where the way they defend you opens up an opportunity that wouldn't otherwise be there out of your normal personnel groupings. That would be the key. Sly Fox 110404. Sorry to look ahead, but do you think our RBs out of the backfield would be a big problem for Ohio State in the past game? Could be. Could be. I mean, I think Ohio State's linebackers do a pretty decent job in coverage. What I think it could do is, is if you're if you're really creative with how you do it, it could open up some. And it's not just the backs, but how you use the backs in in sort of unison with other route combinations. It could really create some big play opportunities when if you catch them in the right blitz. Because part of game planning and play calling against a team like Ohio state isn't always like every single move is meant to do this. Sometimes it's like, Hey, we're making this call because if we can catch them in this, in this pressure, we think we can really rip them apart. We think if they, if they bring this pressure, we're got this back running an angle route behind it and we're running clear outs. And, you know, we think we can do this or, you know, you run it, you run this quick slide with, 
with this motion coming across, you can either have it going this way and the slide goes that way. So it's like a cross action, depending on how they defend it. It may open up that slide. Maybe it opens up the cross. It could be a thing where you bring the slide out and, and you catch them in a twist. And then that flat defender, the Rover, maybe goes, fl he goes flying out and he takes away that slide and they're bringing a cross dog. And all of a sudden your slot comes behind it and boom, you're just dumping that sucker off. Maybe you can see that and you run that same concept and then the safety comes down to protect the double, the cross dog. And all of a sudden, boom, you're, get, you know, Sam Hartman, hey, you can't block all those dudes. Back pedal, back pedal, back, you know, or get, drop, 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 boom, hit that quick post behind it. There's a lot of different things you can do. It just depends on, on whether or not you think you can catch Ohio State in one of those linebacker pressures. Now, the nice thing that Ohio State does is they bring a lot of delayed pressures. And that makes it a little bit, if a team's good at that, it can make it a little bit harder to to, to have built-in blitz beaters uh, to stop that. And that's what I think Ohio State did a pretty good job of against Notre Dame last year is that particular type of pressure. JHT1988, Brian had a conversation with a fellow fan, and they made the argument that the wide receivers aren't really improved from 2022, but instead have a much better quarterback. Didn't necessarily agree, but wanted to get your take. I, I mean, number one, we're three games in. Are you going to in into the season, right? Do we remember where the receivers were at three games of the year last year? You got Jaden Thomas getting outplayed for a hitch route that a Marshall guy beats him for and takes it back to the house. We got Notre Dame's receivers kind of struggling for the most part to, to get off the line against Ohio State. You've got four deep. You've got you're playing Matt Salerno because he's your fourth or fifth receiver. Now he's like he was seventh before the injury. You've added Jaden Greathouse to the to the unit. You've added Tobias to the group. You've got more length. Tobias Merriweather wasn't playing last year in these games. You've had Lorenzo Styles jogging off the line. You had Lorenzo Styles dropping balls. Do we remember how bad the receivers were after three games last year? And if your answer to that, or if your friend's answer to that, JHT was, well, but I'm talking about how they were at the end of the year. Oh, you mean after they kind of kept getting coaching and developing and, and more comfortable in the system and started playing better as the season went on, like most guys do? Sure. But if the baseline is already better now than it was at the same time a year ago, then you've got to feel pretty good about that they're going to keep improving and keep getting better because this is still a relatively young receiving core. Jaden Thomas is a junior. Dion's a junior, and I know that Chris Tyree is a senior, but he's in his first year as a receiver, so he's still learning a lot and developing a lot of part of what he's trying to do. And so I, I'm not overly concerned with, you know, people that do they got to get better? Sure, sure, they got to get better. Are they better than last year? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, they are. Especially if you look at where they were at the beginning of the year. I just, I don't understand. Like, part of me likes the notion of the critical thinking that goes on with fans. I love that, actually. And, and I love that fans, because this is what we've tried to foster here, right? Like, I am not one of those blind faith guys. I don't want you to look at 45 to 24 and ignore anything that bad that happened because the score is 45 24. That flies in the face of everything I ever criticized Brian Kelly about, right? It was always, yeah, you're too focused on the result. It's the process. My point, however, is I think we can go too far and just start being critical for the sake of being critical. And that usually involves having no context. 
and some of the criticisms that we have. So, for example, I was on the board the other day who's very down on this team, and I think he's way off base. But he starts talking about, well, you can't do this. You can't play like this against NC State if you want to beat Georgia or Ohio State. And I'm like, or in Bama. I'm like, did you watch those teams play in the first three games? You're complaining about what Notre Dame did against NC State, who had one of the best run defenses in college football last year, and saying that won't work against Georgia and ignoring the fact that Georgia just rushed for 99 yards against Ball State. Ignoring the fact that Georgia didn't even run the ball very well against Tennessee Martin. Ignoring the fact that Alabama hasn't really run the football that well this year outside of their quarterback runs. They went for 205 against Middle Tennessee State, 5.1 per carry, but come on, guys. It's Middle Tennessee State. That's, that's an okay performance. That's nothing special. Uh, you know, and then you look at, to me, you look at what Notre Dame is. They went for 107 against Texas. And Texas is better, but Texas gave up, what, 130, 140 yards per game last year on the ground, 125.7, so close. They were a solid run defense. Are they that good? No, Alabama's not playing really well right now. So Ohio State this year, uh, so far running the football, it's not been pretty. Hasn't been pretty at all. Ohio State in the opener against Indiana went for 143 yards. Ohio State against Youngstown State went for 123. Ohio State's highest yards per attempt in a game this season is 4.61 against Indiana. And I'm supposed to freak out because Notre Dame only rushed for 170 yards against an NC State, one of the best rushing defenses in college football last year. And I'm supposed to say, well, yeah, but 80 of that came on one play. That's fair. I mean, there, there's merit to that. But let's not forget on that 80-yard touchdown run, nobody touched them because of how well it was blocked and because of Notre Dame's ability to kind of find, say, hey, we're going to stick to this. We're going to keep pounding them. We're going to do this. We're going to do that because that's our way to be able to go up there and, and have success and hammer them. And, you know, look, you're getting to the point now where you're just trying to be critical just to be critical. You're just trying to be critical because you're just trying to find something to complain about. There are legitimate things to compare to, to say about this team. There are legitimate reasons to be critical of the wide receivers, 100%. But then we cross the line and say, well, they're no better than last year. Like, what What are we watching? What What are you watching? What are your expectations? Are you not – are you not watching anyone else in college football right now? Like, this is what I say to people like, well, Notre Dame's offensive line is not playing well enough to beat to beat Georgia. And like, do, have you not watched any other college? Like, is Notre Dame the only team you watch? Sometimes I think that's true. Because if, if Notre Dame's the only team you watch, then you can't make that argument because you have no context to make that argument. You can't make that argument and say they can't beat who? who? They can't beat the best teams. Who? Who are the best teams? Well, they can't beat Georgia. It can't be Ohio State. It can't be Alabama. Have you watched those teams play? Notre Dame's running the ball way better than those teams are so far. Way better. Way better. And, you know, that, that it's not even debatable right now. I mean, right now, Notre Dame is averaging, let's see here, 194 yards per game rushing. Georgia's averaging 129. Alabama's averaging 156. Ohio State average, is averaging 133. So, like, to me, it's kind of like, well, what's your context for this criticism? Michigan is only averaging 150 and a half yards per game rushing. So all these teams that everybody tells me Notre Dame can't beat if they don't run the ball better, 
have not been nearly as good running the football as what Notre Dame has been so far. And so you're at this point in time, you're just kind of with I don't want to say it because I don't want to swear, but you're just complaining just to complain at that point in time. Whereas we can have a very open and honest conversation about where areas where areas where Notre Dame needs to get better. But if you're not arguing in good faith, and if you're not arguing with proper context, then it's really impossible to really have that good conversation. And so being critical is is needed. It's it's welcome. It's it's part of who we are. The name of the site is literally Irish Breakdown. We break things down. But there comes a point in time when you're just you're just kind of complaining just to complain at this point in time. And, and I think with some people, it's fair criticism. Hey, you're right. The guard play needs to get better. No doubt. You, you, receiver play needs to get better. But then you can cross the line and say, well, they're they're not any better than this group, which was terrible the first three games last year. Now it's like, okay, now we're not having an honest conversation anymore. We're just we're just complaining for the sake of complaining at this point in time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Right, let's get to some a few more questions here before I, I got to get out of here because I am, like I said, I apologize, but I am losing my voice a little bit. Got a question here from Jesse Ferguson. Jesse says, looking at Ohio State's interior D-line, I see a unit that is not huge, but is very athletic, quick, and flexible. That worries me, considering that Coogan and Spindler aren't the quickest. Am I overreacting? Jesse, I don't think you're overreacting at all. That's a big concern I have. And on top of that, the additional concern is, you're going against a def- an offensive or defensive front that also likes to do delayed blitzes and pressures. They're not just going to just release their 2D tackles. And so when you're going up against a, a Notre Dame group of guards that have, have not handled that quickness really well, that penetrating very well, and you say the guys at Ohio State are going to even be better than what you face, that's a legitimate cause for concern. Like So this, Jesse, is the opposite of what I was just talking about where you've got the people that are just complaining just to complain. This is a very fair thing to look at and say, hey, they've had some issues here with Tennessee State and with NC State to varying degrees, more so with NC State. And how does that, what does that mean for Ohio State? Well, what it means is, Jesse, is if they don't get better, this could be a problem. It could be problematic if they don't get better. And and so to me, it's it's, We've got to see Notre Dame be better there. That's why I was talking earlier about how I would have liked to have seen Billy Shrouth play more. Pat Coogan, in no way, shape, form, or fashion, has played well enough at, since the Navy game to warrant getting 100% of the first-team reps, in my opinion. And you say, well, in practice, he's doing this. Okay, but that's fine. 
But practice is for what? It's to get you ready to thrive on game day. And so if you're not getting it done on game day, then, you know, you need to make a move. But then you can you could show me five, six, seven plays where Pat Coogan's done really well. If you go look at the 80-yard touchdown run, I believe it was Pat Coogan that had the first big block on that play where he comes across on a pull and just kicks a dude out and just wham, knocks him out of the hole. And so the counter to, the, to, to that, if you're the Notre Dame staff, is like, yeah, but, but look what he's done when he's right. He does this. And I say, that's fair. That was a great block. But those aren't the things that I'm worried about with Pat Coogan. I'm worried about, can he handle this? Can he handle that? Can he do this? And, and that play doesn't, doesn't silence that. So it could be a good conversation back and forth. And it's not like Pat Coogan has just been a disaster and look like, you know, Kane Madden or some of the issues we've had in the past. It hasn't been. It's about exactly what you're saying, Jesse, is, is what he's doing good enough to beat Ohio State? Is what he's doing good enough to beat USC, whose interior D-line has also improved? And that's a much more fair, legitimate question that has me a little bit concerned as well. It Am I going to say, oh, they're not going to be able to win now because of it? Nope, not saying that. But it does it is it something that concerns me? Yeah, it's definitely something that concerns me at this point in time. Here's a question from in 99 Proms became one. Can Chris Tyree play the field position at least at times? Give JT a chance to move uh, to the slot, put Colsey, Merriweather, and the great one in the boundary, just as another option. I mean, sure. I, I don't know that I would want Chris Tyree playing outside a ton. I think there's things you can do. We can invert and stack them and do some things like that. Sure. There's some things you can do. I just, I don't know if that's necessarily the route that I would go, to be honest with you. Uh, JB Hunt, 1989. My wife would like to know the male to female ratio for the board members in Irish Breakdown. I have no idea. I would imagine it's very high male, but I know I know for a fact of at least a dozen uh, ladies that are on the board. The thing is, I, I don't know the sex of every person that is on the message board because the email doesn't give it away. The name on the board doesn't give it away. And so if it's not obvious from the email you used to sign up with or the, the, you know, the, the picture that you put on there or, or your name, then I can't really tell, nor do I really care to be honest with you, because, you know, IV is a place for everybody. And, uh, you know, and we also try to make sure that I've said this in the chats, like be, be mindful. This isn't a boys club where you can say inappropriate things and like, look, I want my nieces to be able to be on the, if they want to talk learning football, I want my nephew to be on there. I want my mother to be on there without having to worry about reading inappropriate things that, that you'd only say if you're surrounded by only other men. That's not what this is about. So it's a place for all, but I don't know that I, I mean, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say probably, probably say 90% men just to be a guess. Uh, but I can't say that for sure. And sometimes, I mean, I know this for a fact too. There's also people that that the husband and wife both use the membership. And so it may be like a guy's name, but sometimes it's like it's the wife posting from that post. It's the husband posting from that post. And you don't always know the answer to that. PA Irish guy says, uh, so far the defense has looked, oops, sorry. So far the defense has looked stout. Uh, very stout with the hardest uh, of the heart of the schedule ahead. Should there be any concerns with a lack of sack production and what you think is the cause of that? We talked about this earlier. 
I'm just not someone who gets caught up in sacks. I'm not. I do think the pressure needs to be a little bit more consistent. It has not been bad. I I have this debate almost every year. <clears throat> I'm not a huge sack guy. There's always a time and a place for good sacks. Sacks are something that, to me, are they're are are they're they're. It's never bad to sack a quarterback. It's never bad. It's just sometimes you look at it and say, but man, a, a hit on the quarterback where the quarterback gets the ball out and it flutters up in the air could actually do more damage than, than a sack. And I, a perfect example to me is you look at the game against um, Tennessee state and Howard Cross is a great pass rush right up the middle, man. And gets in the quarterback's face and the guy, he doesn't sack him. The guy's, Falling back, he throws off his back foot, ball floats and hangs up in the air and gives Ramon Hernandez, Ramon Henderson time to come over and pick it off. Well, that wasn't a sack, but to me, I'd, I'd rather take a sack on that down and distance, or if I'm the offense, I'd rather would have taken a sack on that down and distance and thrown an interception in that, in that instance. And so to me, it just depends on what the down and distance is, what the situation is. If it comes down to a sack or an incomplete pass, give me the sack. If it comes down to a sack or a or an interception, uh, knocking the ball out, things like that, then sure, give me the non-sack because one results in a turnover. So I, I'm not I'm not in love with what Notre Dame has done from a sack standpoint. I, I think there's things that they can do better. I think the pass rush has been a little inconsistent at times. Uh, certainly things they need to do a better job of. But but again, guys, Notre Dame has four sacks in three games. Georgia has three sacks in two games. Uh, excuse me, Ohio State has three sacks in two games. Do you know how many sacks Georgia has through their first two games against Tennessee, Martin, and Ball State? Do you know how many sacks Georgia has in two games? One. One sack in two games. So, uh, again, let's chill out, accept the fact that we're – not too far into the season. Look, guys, I'll say this. Notre Dame had more sacks against Navy than Georgia has their first two games of the year. Think about that. So, again, is is it is it good enough right now? No. But we're expecting Notre Dame to be a finished product three games into the season when no one else in the country is a finished product three games into the season. There's a lot of areas where Notre Dame has been a much better football team than Georgia through three games in the season. Does that mean we should overreact and say Notre Dame's better than Georgia? No, we shouldn't. It's the point is they're all evolving as football teams, as is Notre Dame, and they'll be fine. Uh, I, I really think that as long as they're willing to continue to adapt and adjust what they're doing. That's my only. That's my only thing. This is a so facilitated informs us from what I understand. IB's been saying we've been playing more contained than seeking sacks. Not necessarily, no, I'm not saying that either. Uh, look, they clearly wanted to get sacks on Brendan Armstrong, but not at the expense of giving up running lanes. It, that was a key. They wanted to keep him in the pocket, but uncomfortable. They didn't want to just have him sit back there with all day to throw it, which at times he had good time to throw. They wanted to be disruptive. What, I, what I'm saying is that Notre Dame's defense is designed to disrupt the offense, not necessarily get sacks. 
And and my bigger issue is like, and here's the funny thing. Everybody's talking about sacks, 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 sacks. And I'm like, I have a much bigger concern about the fact that they don't have a whole lot of tackles for loss so far. Forget sacks. I, I can live without a bunch of sacks. My concern is that in three games, they, they're only averaging four tackles for loss per game. That's a much bigger concern for me than sacks. I don't need to see more negatives in the run game. I care a whole lot more about that than I do about sacks. I really do. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean I'm happy with what they're doing. I just need to see. I just want to see him turn it loose a little bit. But I understood it against NC State. And then in the first game, you played a team that dropped back to throw the ball, what, 12 times? Not going to have a lot of sacks when you're doing that. You're just not. And and so um, I'm just I'm just not overly concerned with with where we're at at this point in time. I'm I'm just not. If it stays like this all year, sure, sure. Just like if Georgia only has one sack every two games for the rest of the year, it's going to be a problem. Uh, if Ohio State only averages 133 rushing yards the rest of the year, it's going to be a problem. If Georgia's averaging 120 rushing yards the rest of the year, it's going to be a problem. But guess what? They're not going to do that the rest of the year. So why should we assume that this is who Notre Dame is? Game three, they're a finished product. They're not going to get any better. Yeah, Ohio State's going to get better. Georgia's going to get better. Bama's going to get better. USC's going to get better. All those other teams are going to get better. Nope, not Notre Dame, though. They are a finished product. This is who they're going to be the rest of the year. What they've shown so far, never going to change. It's like, okay, guys, they're going to get better just like everybody else does. Do they recognize the areas they got to get better? And are they able to make the necessary changes? Those are the things that we need to see. And so it's not so much what have the numbers been so far, but what are they going to do to continue to improve and build upon what the, the foundation they've established? That's a much bigger question for me. Raymond Hart with Super Chat. Thank you, Raymond. Just had to get my support in for the day. Fell asleep about five minutes in. Go Irish. Well, I'm sorry that I bored you so much, <laughs> Raymond. But we appreciate you, man, uh, very, very much. Here's an interesting question that, that I've brought up before and I wanted to get to from th- 365 to life. Is the heavy rotation with receivers and D-line preventing some players from developing flow and getting into the zone? I don't believe that to be the case at defensive line because I think they've done a pretty good job of, of managing that. I do worry that that's an issue at receiver. I do. I do worry that they're not letting them play enough. Uh, like we're saying like in like in um, in like mid drive rotations. And it's like, you know, I like rotating more series more so than just a bunch of times within a drive. Because to your point, I do think that can prevent you from getting into a rhythm. So I, I do think there's a little bit too much of in-drive rotating a receiver. I like more drive-to-drive rotating. But D-line, uh, it's a little different for me. It just is a little bit different for me. Bobby S., would you put Braylon James on the field for maybe five snaps a game to give the offense a deep threat and use a weapon? I think they have deep threats. They're just they're just not – haven't been able to get to them yet. That I mean, Chris Tyree's your fastest receiver. There's things you can do with him to – create more big plays. Uh, Tobias Merriweather is a guy that still brings big playability. Deion Coles, he's got plenty of big playability. Just use the guys you have. Uh, Braylon, if when Braylon gets to the point where Braylon's comfortable with knowing what to do, then I'm good. I mean, he saw one of the games he got in this year, they're running a pass play and Braylon's downfield stalk blocking, right? Like he's learning. It's going to take him some time. He was a raw kid. He was very talented. The minute the light goes on, however, to your point, Bobby, the minute that I feel the light has gone on for Braylon, I'm going to try to find a way to get him in the game. Because to your point, I mean, there's validity to what you're saying. I'm just saying I don't think 
that's the the need right now. That I don't think they need to take that step right now. First, it's like let's try to get these the weapons you do have ready to make some of those plays. Then keep building up Braylon, teaching him, getting him ready to go, and then if the light starts to click, go on a little bit, things start to click a little bit for him, then he's to me a dynamic dynamic enough player. We say, hey, he's figuring things out. He knows how to get off the press now. He knows how to handle reroutes. He knows this route, this route, this route, this route. Doesn't need to be extensive. Let's get that guy to football. Uh, I'm I, that. Then I'm on board. I just don't know that he's necessarily there yet. So, uh, yeah, that's just something that I'm, I'm, I, I don't know that we know the answer to that yet, that he's I don't, or I, I think we know the answer. He's not ready for that yet. What we don't know is will that change in three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, et cetera. Laker Irish with a question. He says, uh, or he asks, who do you expect to be the starting quarterback next year? Transfer in or in-house? Hmm. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I, um, I've said it before, and, and my opinion hasn't changed three games in. A, a lot of it has to do with how does the de- position develop the rest of this year? How does Steve Angeli continue to develop? How does Kenji Minchi develop? Those, to me, are going to have a whole lot of, a lot of say on who that guy is. And here's another factor we're not talking a lot about. Who's in the portal? Who's in the portal next year? Was it uh, was it two years ago? Like this is more grad transfer portal because when when there's some years like the grad transfer portal's got some really good players, and other years it, it didn't. It just depends on who's in the portal. It, it, maybe there's no Sam Hartman in the portal next year. Maybe the best to do in the portal next year is a Hudson Card. I like Hudson Card. I I, I do. I'd have taken if, if Sam Hartman didn't have interest in Notre Dame and Hudson Card was the best quarterback available this year. I'd have taken Hudson Card this year. Absolutely, I, I like Hudson Card. I, I do. I think he's good. I think he's a good football player. It's done did some nice things at Purdue so far. I mean, look, they're two and one. He's thrown for two fifty four in the first game, two forty eight in the second game. Uh, you know, lost to Fresno in a barn burner. Fresno's a quality football team. Went on the road, beat Virginia Tech last week. He's got a rushing touchdown. He's running for over 40 yards. I mean, you know, like I like Hudson Card. But in 2024, I'm not sure I'm as keen on bringing him in as I was this year because Angeli will be a junior, Kenny will be a sophomore, and you'll have C.J. Carr on campus. I'd much rather let those three battle for the starting job next year because when you look at the schedule for next year, Notre Dame has a very tough game at the beginning. And and they've got Texas A&M on the road, and and I'm I'm not a huge Texas A&M fan. Y'all know this. I think their roster's overrated, but that's still a tough place to play. But after that, they've got Northern Illinois at Purdue, home against Miami, and then home against Louisville before they get a bye week. So if you think those guys are 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 if Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr are that guy, you 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 see what you can do getting through the A&M game, and then you ride those guys out. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be a guy that wants to bring in a transfer portal quarterback if I have seen that growth from Kenny and Steve and 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 feel like one of those guys has really shown me they they, they with a good offseason they have a shot to to be that guy. If they haven't done that by the end of the year and there's some good quarter, portal quarterbacks in there next year then sure. Yeah, I go to them. And then of course all that's trumped if there's like a dude that jumps in the portal and wants to come. I 
sometimes you gotta say, Hey, look, we love this kid, but, but we got a chance to go get so-and-so if uh, Drake may, I'm, he's not, he's not gonna, right. He's going to go pro if, if he goes anywhere, but let's just say hypothetically, Drake may jumps in the portal next year. Everything I just said about wanting to develop the young guys, throw it out the window. Cause you just had a stud that wants to come. That's always the caveat. That's always kind of like the, the asterisk of, yeah, this is what I said, but if this guy's out there, then, you know, I'm good at receiver in this recruiting class, but if this five-star guy wants to come, I'm not saying no. If Micah Hudson called up and said, Hey, I don't really want to go to Texas tech. I'd love to come to Notre Dame. I'm like, sorry, bro. We're good. We got our three. No. Yeah, sure. Come on. Come on. There you go. And so that, that comes down to it as well. It's like, so I, I had these plans of I'm not going to the portal. Cause I got this guy, this guy, and I love this. And Steve's grown and Kenny's had a great season and, and CJ is even better than we thought. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, hold on a second. Drake Mays in the portal and he wants to come to Notre Dame. All right. Sorry guys. got to wait one more year. We're going to, we're going to take Drake May. But if it's a Hudson card type who again, quality quarterback, I'm not sure I'm going there next year. I would have this year. Absolutely. I would have absolutely gone with Hudson card this year. I like Hudson card. If, if Sam Hartman wasn't in the portal, would it, I would have gone, I would have looked there. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, so it, it's still just too early in my opinion to be able to kind of, to kind of have that, um, to kind of have that just definitive. This is exactly what I would do. I just, yeah, that's really where I'm at. All right. So that's going to do it for today's show. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of voice left. I know there's some other questions that came up. I, I was able to get to uh, as many as I could today. I really appreciate y'all taking the time to be with me today. It was good to be, it's good to be back home. Uh, it's nice and sunny here today in South Bend. I'm going to go spend a little bit of time with my wife, to be honest with you, because it's been about uh, a little over a week since I've had a chance to hang out with her. Uh, she, I didn't get out of the airport till midnight last night, or didn't get home from the airport till midnight last night. And then, of course, woke up this morning, and I'm getting to work. She's got to get to work. So I'm going to go uh, do some of that, get caught up on some other stuff, and uh, get ready for the game tomorrow. I, I don't have anything planned as far as meetups tomorrow. If you all want to do something and you all are getting together somewhere near the stadium, let me know. I'll come meet meet up with you all. Definitely do that. I uh, got would, would always enjoy meeting up uh, with you guys for that time. So anyway, everybody, have a, have a great, great rest of your day. Appreciate y'all's patience this week. I know we weren't able to get as many shows out and didn't get as much content out with everything going on, uh, but really appreciate all the support. My mom very much appreciated all the support. Ran into a fellow Cliff last night in the airport. I'm just standing there. He walks by, says, hey, Hope your mom's doing better. Just somebody to take that doesn't know me, like never met me to take the time out to say something like that. It just meant a lot. And just all the prayers really meant a lot. It really it meant it to me, it meant it to my mom, um, it meant it to my whole family. So we really appreciate y'all so, so much. Uh, so I just wanted to say that to you guys, um, tip of the cap to all y'all that that uh, kept my family in your prayers and, and showed patience this past week when we were you know, just trying to deal with all that stuff. So have a great rest of your day, everybody. Talk to you all again very soon. We'll be back for post-game show tomorrow, of course. And then Sunday, Vince and I have our upon further review. So we'll have plenty of chances to hang out and talk more football. So uh, on behalf of the rest of the Irish Breakdown team, thank you all for being with us today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.